this is No Land in Sight podcast production. Welcome, friends. Uh, this is our special Oscar edition podcast. We're going to do a little wagering. We're going to talk Oscars. This was one of our uh, most popular podcasts from our first season. We're still getting listening listens to the 2019 episode, so let's do it again. Um, last year, we did it after the Super Bowl. This year, the Super Bowl is just a week from the Oscars, so we're going to knock it out a little bit early. Uh, we have had some delicious dinner and we got our cocktails ready. We got our notes ready. Nate and I are here, and we are joined by uh, Jill Grushon, who is our red carpet expert. And we also have our legal analyst, Elizabeth Nolan, joining us. And so we are ready to get after it. How's it going, guys? Good. I, I will mention that you, listeners, unfortunately, you missed our very uh, um, powerful debate over the use of the Oxford comma that we had as we were setting the gear up. Lengthy. A lengthy uh, debate. Let's leave that. Cuban food and Oxford comma, and we are ready to podcast. 2020 Oscars. <laughs> here we come. Here we go. So um, I, I'll, I'll start out by saying Elizabeth and I have seen most of the films nominated for Best Picture. I know, Nate, you've seen a lot, at least part of More a lot More than I did of, last year. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's just an improvement. Yeah. And, and Jill, you're I've still... probably seen as many yeah. as he has. Right. Yeah. So we're, let's, we're let's, growing. We we're are growing we as are. an Oscar community. We're, yes, we are. We are. <laughs> this is exciting. Um, I'd like to have seen a couple more, but we didn't quite get through it. So um, let's just start with a big one. Uh, best picture. Do you want to start with that? Or do you want to start with something else? Well, I think maybe do like a quick just like review of like last year and like how the format was and what the kind of high level final results were just so we can kind of, you know, Reach for the stars to try to do better this year. Yeah, sure. Did you did you win last year? I did not win last year. I think I was in I dead last. I think I was in dead last last year. I believe Elizabeth won. I didn't think she? Elizabeth won last year. Yeah. Good job, Elizabeth. Good job. What'd you do with your prize money? Uh, somehow, I don't think I ever got my prize money. <laughs> she asked me today, uh, "What are we playing for?" And I said, "Pride." And so, well, what's the email address for complaints? Have you been? <laughs> She's been flexing all year. She has been flexing all year. So what we did last year was, um, because you know, you guys know if you listen to the podcast, you know that I like to keep things interesting. I like a little cash on some stuff sometimes. And so we've just set up, uh, I've gotten odds on, you know, winning on everything. Um, I've laid it out like horse racing odds, not like a, a plus minus money line, but, um, and basically you pick your winner. We'll talk about it. You can say what you think should win or shouldn't win. Uh, but you'll ultimately going to pick one when you're going to bet on. And I've gotten odds from Odd Shark, and they have given me the best odds you can get anywhere on this. So there are certainly some sites that are going to have higher odds than what we've got, but these are the lowest odds that you can get on any of these particular movies. And we'll uh, place our bets, and then at the end of the year in the podcast, we'll let everybody know who won. Sounds like a plan. That sounds like a plan. So where do you guys want to start? Where do you want to start? Oh, I don't know. Best picture. Let's do it. Let's start best picture. Okay, so this year we have 1917. That is at 8 to 11. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is at 5 to 1. Parasite, 6 to 1. Joker, 16 to 1. The Irishman, 50 to 1. Jojo Rabbit, 80 to 1. Marriage Story, 100 to 1. Little Women, 150 to 1. And Ford versus Ferrari rounding out the field at 250 to 1. Now, I will tell you that Elizabeth and I have seen every one of these films except Ford versus Ferrari and Jojo Rabbit. Really? Yeah. No Ford versus Ferrari. We've seen Ford versus hmm. Ferrari. Well, let's start with that because you guys have seen it. Let's, yeah. What, what, what do you guys think about that one? Uh, great movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Christian Bale's in Christian it. Christian Bale. Which, you know, he's Solid. 
you know, incredible and everything. Matt Damon was really good in it. I thought it was a really interesting story. I mean, it was it, it was a fun movie, you know, race cars, loud noises. It was definitely, I think, one that was probably better served in, in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, best picture, best movie of the year, mm, you know, stretch, but it was, it was, it was definitely, we, and we went on opening night, so it was packed. Yeah, that's um, a fun environment. Yeah, it, so it, it was a good show. You know, and I, I think it probably just for the sake of anybody listening who doesn't know how the best picture voting goes, it's worthy to talk about because this is how we get some weird stuff, right? Like last year, um, Green Book won, and I'm not sure anybody thought it was going to win. But the way that the best picture goes, it's not just simply who has the most number one votes. The voters rank their movies, one through, I guess, eight, or however many there are this year. And so they'll do the first tabulation, and if no one has over 50%, whatever movie had the lowest total, that first place vote is stricken, and their second place movie moves up to number one, and then it gets counted as a first place vote. And they do that until they have some movie with 50% of the number one votes. So it can be kind of wonky. It's right. not like it's kind the, of like a Russian doll situation. It's, yeah, it's a little like that. Yeah, so I get that. So I haven't seen uh, Ford versus Ferrari, but uh, I, I would probably not bet on this one to win, uh, just given all the other stuff in there. Now there are a couple of ones down the, down the list that I might put money on or might consider, but that's not one of them. Um, so let's move up the line. The next one, Little Women. Elizabeth and I saw this one, and I know you like this one a lot. I saw this one too. Oh, you saw it too. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, I have good. not seen this one. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Elizabeth, I'll let you go. I loved Little Women, and I'm happy to see it here. I think uh, it should totally win. I would give it all my votes on um, adapted screenplay. But I'm not, I, I agree with the odds here. I think this one's a long shot to win Best Picture. What about you, Jill? I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I agree with Elizabeth. Like, it was beautiful. It was just well done from start to finish, but I guess I don't see the power in it being best picture versus even, even though I haven't seen all of them, I've seen Joker, I've seen, you know, Ford versus Safari. I, I guess I just don't see it as being a contender. Yeah. So I would agree with that. Now this is a really good movie. This is a beautiful movie and this is a straight down the middle tee shot of a movie. There's not a lot of, um, risks taken with it and the oscar voters love risky stuff and edgy stuff and this really just doesn't give it to you Mm -hmm. now there are movies that have won like that like Mm -hmm. um the king's speech is a good example of a movie that that's similar to this in terms of just a good straight ahead well-made movie um but there's not enough buzz for it and i don't see it as uh, a real contender i'll say something controversial right here okay i would say that is uh, true if if Joker would were to win, I would think it would be in that category, and I would think it should not be a winner. Okay, all right, we'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. We'll get to that one. The next one up is Marriage Story at one hundred to one. Now, have you guys seen this? Have you started? Uh, no, no, because based on you all, you all had seen it and told us about it, and it was just kind of like mm, I know it's probably a good movie, but I not a way I want to spend my time. I heard it was kind of. Uh, Intense, stressful, kind of? Yeah, I didn't like this movie. I wanted to turn it off. I stuck with it, and I did think Adam Driver delivered a really great performance in this movie. Does he turn into Darth Vader in this movie? 
Um, no, not, not no, this one. I think that's in the sequel to Marriage Story. That's Marriage Story 2, where <laughs> he becomes Darth Vader. Marriage Story 2, Return to Dagobah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who's he in this? He's not. He's, he's Darth Vader's grandson. So what is that? What, what, what Kylo Ren? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kylo. No. So, so I, I agree. So we watched this movie together. We watched it on a Saturday or Sunday morning when we had a weekend off, and we started it. Was it and, raining outside? No, it was actually a nice, oh, okay. beautiful day. I mean, cold. You know, winter day. But um, this movie is like two hours and twenty minutes, two thirty, and it felt like it took six hours because we took a couple of breaks and we're like, okay, we'll come back to it. And we talked about how much we weren't enjoying it, and then we came back to it. I think Adam Driver is fantastic. He's one of the best actors in Hollywood right now, particularly his age demographic. Um, Scarlett Johansson's always great. But this, there was a lot of triteness to it, and I suspect it's probably popular because it is telling the story of a divorce within the entertainment industry. And so that probably resonates with a lot of people. In the entertainment. It's probably not a real original story, then. <laughs> Here's the thing. Even if you take away the depressing nature of the subject matter, this is a story. It's called Marriage Story, but it's a story of a marriage falling apart. It's a divorce story. And these people are trapped in some really unfortunate circumstances, both financially and emotionally. So even taking away the emotionally difficult aspect of this, it's just super trite. Like, there's one point where... Adam Driver comes back to the family house to get the kid or something, and uh, things are bad with the ex-wife, and he's standing in the hallway looking dolefully at the um, family pictures in the hallway. It's just, like, we've seen that before. That's nothing new. And I was kind of waiting till the end of this for it to take a clever turn, and for me it really didn't. Yeah. There's a couple of really good scenes in it, but otherwise, I, it's it's... I don't want to say it's unworthy to be on this list, but it's certainly the weakest this, this, of anything I saw. This Where? wouldn't have made the list ten years ago when they only had five films on it. No way, no right. way. Yeah. Where, no way. What, what did Laura Dern play in this? I'm, I'm so interested. she she plays a divorce lawyer. She plays um, the Scarlett Johansson's lawyer, and we'll get to her when we get to supporting actors because I think we both have something to say about that. Um, and another piece of this marriage story is there, it's a really. Uh, it's a bash on the the lawyers and the legal system, and so I think that really resonates for a lot of people because especially people that are lawyers. People have <laughs> well, I mean, too bad you all need us so much. Uh, you know, shit happens. <laughs> no, I think that's right. And Ray Liotta's in this. I love Ray Liotta. He's how's he, how's he looking these days? He, he, he's just like he does in the the liquor commercial. He's <laughs> he, doing. Yeah. A few more surgeries in? Yeah, a couple. <laughs> Time has not been kind. Yeah. So, Marriage Story, we're not going to put anything on that. Um, next one up is Jojo Rabbit. I haven't seen this one. I really want to see this one. This looks like an amazing movie. Um, that's all I can say about it. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't see this one either, but, I mean, you have a couple, you know, you had Scarlett again and get the supporting actress nod on this one for a nomination. So, you know, obviously there's something to it. I, but I don't even know what it's about. Is it like drama? Is it like... It's about a little boy who's friends with Hitler, I think. And so it's he, like a World War II era... He, he's imaginary him. friends with Hitler. Imaginary he's not friends, really yeah. friends with Hitler, but he, Hitler, he's imaginary friends with Hitler. And uh, and he, he's been taught to, that that's the right way to be. And Okay. Yep. Interesting. All right. So now we'll, we'll, we'll move, leave that one. I think that's you know got an outside shot with some of the wonky voting stuff, but I really think that probably that one doesn't do anything. So now we get to the top five, which we've all seen 
um, at least some of. Uh, and so we'll start with the Irishman. That one's in at 50 to 1. And I'll let you start, Nate, since you, like me, are a big Scorsese fan. I am, and I, I've only seen the first half of this one. And I, and I enjoyed it, and I fully intend to watch the rest of it. It's just long. It's just, it's just really long. Um, you know, there's a lot of really neat things about this movie. The one, though, that I'm, I'm not sure if it would really carry as best picture is it's, it's how much of it's being carried by nostalgia. Right. You know, because it's like, you know, Joe Pesci came out of retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, you got De Niro in there again. You, know, you bring Harvey Keitel in. Now, Ray Romano, I thought was awesome, at least in the parts that I've seen so far. He's great. Uh, Pacino. So it's, it's, you know, it's a little, um, like I said, it's, it's, is it, is it, is it just nostalgia that, that, it, that brings it to this level of, of being like the fifth, you know, best odds? You know, it was a good movie. It, but, you know, I'm not sure, compared to some of the other movies, if it, if it really, you know, and I think the other part of it is the accessibility. Mm-hmm. The fact that you can just sit at home and p- pick it up off Netflix um, versus having to actually go out to the theater. I mean, you know, you pay 10 bucks a month for Netflix, you go out to the theater, you're going to spend 50 bucks. Absolutely. So, and Netflix was the only studio that would pay the bill for the aging technology and yeah. anti-aging that they wanted to do for this, that Scorsese wanted to do. Yeah. So which is remarkable. Get, it is remarkable. Which is remarkable. And, it, and it, will, it will win an Oscar for whatever category that falls sure, under. Sure, for sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 it, good movie. But ironically, I just, you know, you know, I had one of those days the other day when Godfather was on. Right. And like, I was like, oh, I'm just going to have it on in the background while I'm doing some work. And, of course, next thing you know, you're watching it for four hours. Well, This that, is not Godfather. Well, that's the thing about this movie is um, we've seen – a lot of it before from Scorsese, whether it be you know Goodfellas, Casino, mm-hmm. um, we've seen a lot of this sort of a thing. So, like you said, nostalgia—it's a little bit of what we've seen. Now he does some great things. There's some great scenes, mm-hmm. some great shots. But one of my biggest complaints is the dialogue is just too long in certain scenes. There's just too much back and forth where you end up taking a movie, making it three and a half hours, where like just trim it down, make it a little bit more efficient, and we get to you know three hours or 250 and we've got a better movie now well, i think they could have done a part one and part two sure drop part one and then maybe wait a month and drop part two now of course you're not going to get the oscar nods on that because it's two individual projects but i think it would have been more palatable yeah i think that's right now i do love the ending and the ending you guys haven't seen it yeah. i'll tell you that the ending is an ending that only an older director could make because as we see um you know the the Frank Sheehy. What's Frank Sheehy? That's his name, right? Uh, the De Niro character? Yeah. Uh, Frank. Frank. We see Frank age, and we see him get old, and we see what happens to, to these guys after they have been vibrant and robust and kings of mafioso world, and it, it's it's a good ending. It's long, but it's good. Now, you felt the same way as Nate about this movie, right, Elizabeth? Yeah. I mean, I I like Godfather. I like some of the gangster movies. I think Irishman was a nod to gangster movies for all the people that love gangster movies but it was kind of limited in its appeal outside of that and I think you know the fact that Scorsese directed it and it has so many wonderful stars in it that's a draw too but for me it was um, too long sort of overwrought and I see why people like it um, but it is not a best picture winner for me all right Joe you got anything on this one I do not, other than when I Google the cast, Ray yeah. Romano does not come up in that list. Do you oh, not take a credit on this he's one? He's totally in that. Yeah, he's... he's Look. I, I, yeah, well, um, you got to go to IMDb. Um, but 
But I just think it's yeah. interesting that he doesn't come up. No, he's a major role he's, he's in it. He's an yeah. incredible actor. Fantastic. I will say that. Fantastic in a dramatic role. Also a lawyer in that movie. Mm. <laughs> Big ups. Lawyer that we like. <laughs> All right, so... My new name is Dennis Celery. <laughs> Long story behind that. <laughs> So the next one up is, is a 16 to 1, Joker. Now, we've all seen this. We all have some very passionate feelings about this, I think. And this is the first one that I think has a real puncher's chance of winning the whole thing. So what's the odds on Joker? 16 to 1. Okay. So who wants to start on this one? Okay, I'm going to start off by just saying this is a self-indulgent backstory to a comic book story that we all know. And I... I don't know that it's worthy of being in this group. Okay. All right. I will second that comment by saying I actually feel like it was a very interesting, creative um, format. (laughs) And yet I feel like there's a number of actors that could have done it. So I just don't see that the performance there that outshines in a big way. I guess we're not talking about best best picture here, but more about best actor. That's probably where my passion comes in, is that I feel like it was a strong movie, and I think it should be here, but I'm not sure I am convinced it could have only been... uh, Walking Phoenix. See, I'm I'm the exact opposite. I think that, and we'll get more into this when we talk lead actor, I think Walking Phoenix does better in this role as a performer than the movie in its entirety of a movie. I, I totally I, agree with you that's on that. That's correct. I, 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 I think there's probably only a handful of people that could have played it. And the, Jill's right in the sense that lots of people could have played the role, but there's just something so quirky about Joaquin Phoenix that it like made the movie quirky and made the Joker character quirky. Um, but the overall movie itself, it was kind of one of those things that... Um, when you're watching it, you just kind of were sitting there going, oh, he's about to, you know, jack these people up. Or, you know, it's like you kind of knew what was right around the corner and kind of could anticipate. So there wasn't, like, a lot of surprises, per se. And you knew it was just, like, you know, an age-old tale of just somebody unraveling and, you know, at the end he's going to be in a straitjacket in a four-pounded wall room. You know. Yeah, and, and I pretty much hate superhero backstories. Like, I, I don't... I mean, like, when I watch Spider-Man, I do not need an hour and a half of, like, him and his grandma <laughs> and getting bitten by the spider. I don't want any part of that. Like, we know it. We know all the backstory. But this one, to me, took it to a different level, a different interpretation of it. And, I, I mean, I, I loved this movie. And I think Todd Phillips' direction in this movie was pretty brilliant in terms of him taking it and kind of making it gritty New York City. Mm-hmm. It very much like Taxi Driver. Like, the whole first half of the movie, I said to you, this is Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, you know, seedy, uh, you know, Times Square. And, and and Batman's parents walking out of Zorro the Gay Blade before they get shot is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, you know, I, I know it's a, you know, backstory, and we've seen it a zillion times, but I liken this one to Batman Begins, Chris Nolan's yeah. first one out with Christian Bale, because it's like that... You know, we've seen a zillion Batman backstories, but that was such a unique take, like when he had to, like, sure. go overseas, and he's, like, you know, a prisoner and all those types of things. It was a view that we've never seen right. on that backstory, and I think that th- that's where this one was interesting, because we've seen some backstory to Joker, and I'm sure there's more documented even in, like, some of the other forums or, or, you know, things outside of film. But this one, I mean, it was 100% focused on him, and just, I thought, the interesting twist... 
of him potentially being Batman's stepbrother. Yeah. You know, um, illegitimate son. Half brother. Yeah. Half -brother. brother. Yeah. And then it, and then you're not sure like what's really true or not. And then you find out his mom's crazy. Crazy too. The crazy too. I just, I, I just thought there was something kind of a little more unique to this than that traditional. Yeah, I get bit by a radioactive spider. I totally agree. Right. I think yeah, the, right. I think the ending of this is a great payoff to this movie. I think yep. it's really good. Um, okay, next up is Parasite, six to one. I know Nate, you've never seen it because you don't do subtitled movies. Uh, no, I'm uh, not either. Uh, not not a full one anyway. So we're gonna take we're gonna take control of this. We watched this one last night, and holy cow, it's good. It's really good. What kind I of parasites it about? Well, that's part of the question. Who is, Who is the, the parasite? parasite? <laughs> um, which is why it's so good because it's a great story. It's a it's a movie that just tells a great story. It's got some twists. It's got some good character development. But underneath that great story, that's fun to watch, are these questions of class and who's feeding off of whom and. Um, different roles that these characters are playing and who's bad and who's good. It's just not super easy to define all of that, which is why it's amazing. Yes, and it's got an ending that you don't totally see coming, how it ultimately wraps up. Um, I, I don't want to talk too much about any of that stuff other than to say it's a it's a South Korean movie and uh, set in South Korea. A, a poor family sort of works their way into all of the family working for a wealthy family and then stuff kind of gets off the rails and it's it's amazing and this is a, a, a movie that has a great shot at winning best picture i think in my opinion well i told you that when we were talking about this a few weeks ago even though i hadn't seen the movie yeah. just the buzz I've, i'm hearing around it and it's also one of those that it's outside the mainstream you know so you could see kind of some votes getting split up between some of the other more you know, popular movies, right? Um, and this one kind of sneaking in and sneaking in as, as, as a solid number two on everybody's list or right. something. I agree. And based with that. on those very confusing rules that you outlined earlier, you know, it could it could make its way to to the podium. <laughs> yep, yep. All right. Um, Once upon a time in Hollywood, we are at five to one. This is by my boy Tarantino, my favorite director. Um, I loved this movie, and I know Nate, you did not love it. And I, I, you know, it's one of those where I had some time, so I was going to watch it and then come back to it. And so I watched about the first hour and a half or so. At some point, I'll go finish it. But it's, it's not like, oh, I can't wait to go finish it. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, I thought Brad Pitt was great in it. Leo, who's one, probably my second or third favorite actor, this was, I was kind of, just nothing really resonated with me there. Um I mean, this is probably not even in my top, like, especially if you count the ones that he wrote uh, screenplays for, it's not even in, like, my top five or six Tarantino movies. Mm. It's just, it, not, I mean, all, all I can say is, I mean, when I finally get around to watching the back half of it, it better be really, really, really good. Because there's nothing in the first half that gets me excited to turn it back on. Well, and I would say the second half, I like the whole thing, but the second half is, makes the whole thing worthwhile. you got to go back and watch the second right. half. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, and It brings I, it all together. I think his take on this alternate take on what happens with the Sharon Tate murders with the Manson family uh, is just brilliant. Nobody makes a movie that is an homage to Southern California and L.A. like Tarantino, and this is a beautiful thing to watch uh, as far as the end of that, that sort of golden era, era of Hollywood as we're transitioning into kind of the 70s of Hollywood um, it's. I thought it was really, really a cool thing. Um, some great scenes in that. There's a great scene with the Brad Pitt character and somebody playing Bruce Lee. That's a beautiful scene. Uh, just a just a lot of fun. 
Um, and I really honestly felt like when I watched it, this might be Tarantino's year to get an Oscar because I really would like to see him win it one time. But in the end, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I don't think this is the one that's, that's going to do it for him. In terms of watchability and entertainment factor, because as much as the artists in Hollywood want to do something new, I mean, fundamentally, they're making movies. It's supposed to be entertaining. And I think this is one that is rewatchable and entertaining, not just entertaining, but it also has a, some, some statements to make, and it's got some good development of the storyline and a take on a historical um, event, but it's rewatchable. It's entertaining, so, I, which I, I value. I, I just have a general question before we, we keep going on this. So between you know this movie, Joker, even Irishman, Ford vs. Ferrari, where do they get all these... Where do they get all, where are all these old cars? Is there just like a lot somewhere in California? Because that's what I was thinking about when I was watching Cuba. Joker. They, they come from Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. It's like they got like streets and streets of like cars from the 70s. Is there just some lot somewhere that you just go get your 1970s oh cars gosh. or your I, 1960s I cars? I hope there is. I like thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. So, but to your point, I, th- I was thinking about this as I was writing down these odds and thinking about the, the research for this pod. Of, of, in terms of rewatchability, movies on this list that I want to rewatch. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite are the only two that I really think that I've seen that are super rewatchable to me. Little Women. I would add Little Women. Yeah. I think it's fine. Yeah. It's not one that I would seek out and rewatch a lot, but I can totally understand that. Um, but as far as rewatchability, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is really strong in that category. Uh, fi- so we're going to get to the favorite, 1917. And this is a movie that 10 years ago, before we had the, the expanded field of Best Picture nominees... Um, this movie would be hands down the favorite and would go win the Oscars. But everything's in play now. So, 1917. Have you guys seen that one yet? No. I have not seen it, but I saw Saving Prayer Ryan. Okay, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> when I see clips of this one, I'm like, I've seen this movie before. It's an interesting comparison, but done totally differently. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I like this one better. It, really? It's, mm-hmm. it's very intense. Um, you know, we're going to jump into directors in a minute, but the way Sam Mendes shot this, like it's all one continuous shot. Now he did break it down, but it looks like it, it looks like he only has two or three cuts in the whole movie, mm-hmm. and it's you're just following everybody. And and I mean, like he seems is it is it just two hours in the trenches? For the most no, part? no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, but that trench sequence early on in the movie where they're walking back and forth, like the choreography and staging of that, and then the following, like that is a cinematic work of brilliance, in my opinion. I agree, but I think it's more that it's meant to look like no cuts more than it actually is. Right, right, right. But just to put it back together in that way is pretty cool. Yeah, pretty amazing. All right, so... I heard it's pretty horrific. There, there are. It, it, he does a really good job, particularly in the first half of the movie, as they're trying to get across some, you know, no man's land, at showing just how bad it was, and decomposing bodies, and dead horses, and floating bodies in a river, and a, a rat crawling out of a dead body's eye. It, it's really gross. But I would say he goes there, but it's not overwrought. Right. He doesn't dwell Where, upon it. Right. So, some more movies, you know. Like, I almost have to put my head between my knees because right. it's so gross and intense yeah. and it just, we're on these horrible sequences forever. And he definitely goes there, but it's not um, more, he, he makes the point and moves on. Well, and I think that he makes the point in the way that the soldiers probably had to deal with it, which was, this is just part of what's going on. We're not going to dwell upon it, but it's here. Are you going to stop right here because nope. of this? No, we're we keep can't. going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I think it's a brilliant movie from that standpoint. 
Alright, so we've gone through the list of Best Picture nominees. Who do you have in the betting? Jill, you're up. Well, you on the, the heels of that conversation, I have a you know really healthy respect for films that can depict the you know the honest brutality of what is war and and just the reality there and based on the odds I would go with 1917 um, I you know based on the other role companies that are movies that I've seen which are limited um, that's what I'm gonna go with okay I think I Nobody's going to fault you for betting that way. Nate, what do you have? Oh, I'm going Parasite on this one. I, 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 even though I haven't seen it, I, I think that, kind of to my point, I made a few minutes ago, I think you're going to get a split vote, um, really all the way from 1917 probably up to The Irishman. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think that this one might you know have enough on its own to pull its way through. Yeah. Okay. E. I'm really torn between three, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. But I'm going to go with Parasite. Maybe it's because it's fresh in my mind, um, but I, I think it was brilliant. Okay, so I think 1917 will win, but the odds aren't good for me to make money. And so I'm going to take Parasite, sneaking in there. I'm going to take the first foreign language film. Well, not the first, because that weird one a few years ago won. But I'm taking Par- Parasite, brilliant movie, and I think there's a puncher's chance it gets in because there's going to be somebody who doesn't really care for 1917, votes it low, and then Parasite. Well, and, and that's what you're going to get, too, because you're going to get people that don't think Tarantino should get his first right. one off of this. You're going to people people that say Scorsese, this isn't his best work. You're going to get people that just Joker was too intense for him. You know, I think you're like, you know, that, that part of the Academy that is very um, dull, for lack of a better word, that mm-hmm. doesn't, like, go out on the edges. I, I think this is where this one's going to kind of... Oh, yeah, great shot for that. Okay. So let's move on to director. All five Best Director nominees were involved in the Best Picture discussion. Um, we have Sam Mendes for 1917. He's at 3 to 5. Uh, we have Bong Joon-ho for Parasite at 9 to 4. Quentin Tarantino at 10 to 1 for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Scorsese for The Irishman at 28 to 1. And Todd Phillips for Joker at 66 to 1. I will start on this one because uh, I... I'm going to bet Sam Mendes. I don't think there's any way he doesn't win Best Director on this. Wow. I'm going to go with that because I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen these movies. And I, I'd like to bet on uh, Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Okay. Oh, well, oh, unfortunately, <laughs> she was scratched. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I we'll think I, write I'm, her in. I, I, I kind of to the same point <laughs> of my um, best uh, picture, except for I think this one will go to Mendes. Because I didn't, you know, I, I think, because I, I think 1917 is going to win either Best Director director or Best Picture. Yeah. Um, so I think that here it's going to get the Best Director. And we've seen this, you know, kind of the trend is, it used to never happen where there was a split between Best Picture and Best Director. Now it happens on the regular. Um, and so, you know, we saw it last year. Uh, so I, I think there's a great chance of this happening, unless 1917 sweeps both. Now... Elizabeth, you're the last one to bet, and I know that you and I have had some conversations about Greta Gerwig not being nominated because she was that she did produce direct a, a great movie in Little Women, and so in my opinion, at the end of the day, uh, most of these directors are hard to knock out of there. Um, but I could totally accept her in place of Scorsese for The Irishman, in my opinion. See, I would put her in place of who's the Joker director? Todd Phillips. In place, in place of Todd Phillips. Okay. 
I mean, I think that's totally fair. So just scratch him out. Okay. Yeah. Put me down I for Gerwig. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because I think, um, you know, people are thinking in that way when they make these decisions. And so it's interesting that she didn't make it in. Yeah, for I, that I mean, reason. I, I think, you if know. If not that reason alone. Yeah. Um, so. Mm. I think there's an element of, with Little Women, I thought it was a brilliant adaptation of a story that we know and I love the way it was retold and the way that the actors brought out the story but ultimately it's a fairly quiet story about women doing their own thing without needing men choosing to have men in their lives but they don't need the men in their lives and that's not a totally easy category for the academy to to I guess that's why Take it's surprising to me is because I think that's something in where we are right now that, that people are so quick, you know, to champion. and So it's surprising to me. I, but I think, I think that's a, you know, I think that's a concept that, you know, we as a society would, would, would uh, give... Um, well, it, it would give some, some, some voice to. And I, I think there's some fairness to that. I think ultimately, uh, we talked about this, I think that the um, safe nature of this movie, the fact that it's an old story retold, um, probably hurt her a little bit in terms of getting a director's nod. Because um, we talked about uh, the movie from last year, The Favorite, which was a female-driven film, female-driven cast, um, sort of... Uh, set in you know in a similar or an, even an older era, but it was very very edgy, and I think the lack of edginess probably hurts her ear. And that's that's not saying it's fair or unfair. I, I just think that the Oscar voters like edginess in general or something that's different, right? Like I could take the Irishman off there, but you know there was all of this digital face aging technology that was involved, uh, you know, or I, I don't know. It's yeah. Well, and I think society is different than the academy. The academy right, is right, a, right. is maybe you hope that, that it's going to reflect that, but but there's a lag there, right? And there's a yeah. ton of politics yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. So, mm-hmm. so anyway, are, are you going to pick somebody that's actually on the board? Yes, I'm <laughs> going to go with um, Tarantino on this one. Okay, all right, all right, very good. All right, now we're going to go to best actor, and um, we have Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. He is at one to twelve. Adam Driver eleven to one. No, wait, is Joaquin Phoenix 1 to 12 or 12 to 1? 1 to 12. Wow. <laughs> Adam Driver's 11 to 1 uh, from Marriage Story. Leo from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is 33 to 1. Antonio Banderas from Pain and Glory is 66 to 1. And Jonathan Price from The Two Popes is 100 to 1. Which Pope was he? He was the. Um, he was Francis. Yeah. yeah. And Anthony Hopkins was. Was uh, Benedict. Benedict. Yeah, because okay. yeah, that's a Netflix movie too, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I want to. We'll talk to that in a minute because I want to get through the end of these and then come back to some movies that we thought or any of us thought maybe should have been included in different spots. And that's a movie I have a really um, strong opinion of. But yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I mean, the odds suck. Not going to win any money on it, but I think this is one Keaton Phoenix's. This is totally his, his Oscar. Totally his Oscar. It's totally. I mean, he's you know, and 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 I'm not even going to say that you know. In a different year, it might be different, but I don't. There's I, I don't think there's a strong enough role that he's competing against that is going to take it away from him. Not at all. I mean, I thought Adam Driver's great, but he's not winning. I'm taking Joaquin. It's not going to pay any money. I'm taking him. 
Well, and notwithstanding my comments about Joker in the Best Picture category, I thought Joaquin Phoenix was wonderful, amazing, transformative in in that role. And so I would go with him um, or Adam Driver, I guess, but probably Joaquin Phoenix, um, even though I wouldn't put the picture itself in the Best Picture category. Right. And let's, and let's be honest. Everybody wants to see Joaquin give that speech. Of course. Everybody wants to see Joaquin give that speech. We're not going to hear any of it because the censors are going to be bleeping it all out. And I would agree with that, but I'm going to point out, as devil's advocate here, when I look back at last year's best, you know, actor, um, I see Christian Bale, Bradley Cooper, William Dafoe, Rami Malek, and Vigo... And honestly, I can see every one of those, except for Bradley Cooper. I don't really see Bradley Cooper playing, but, but I can see each one of those other um, actors playing that role as effectively. I felt more strongly about it as a picture than I did about, um, you know, Joaquin's performance. But I don't, you know, not knowing a lot of the other movies, I don't know who I'm going to say is going to win, but I just felt like it was important to make that. Yeah, make fair that, enough. Uh, All right. So who you got? You got to pick one, though. Yeah. Somebody on the board. Well, I'm really well, intrigued by William Defoe playing the Joker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we I mean, know Christian Bale could. He doesn't even need makeup. <laughs> I know. He can't. I mean, yeah. Where is it? Tell yeah. Me. Joaquin okay. Phoenix, Adam Driver, Leo, okay. uh, Antonio Banderas, and Jonathan Price. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Leo. Okay. All right. She is taking Leo. I will take your money. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very likely wrong. It's just something I viscerally. That's no fair enough. Kind of felt. All right, on to best actress. Uh, so we have Renee Zellweger. She is at one to six from the film Judy. Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story at twelve to one. Uh, Cynthia Ervio from Harriet. She's at twenty-five to one. Charlize Theron from Bombshell thirty-three to one, and Saoirse Ronan from Little Women thirty-three to one. And I will tell you, in my opinion. Uh, we just watched Judy this morning, and I think Renee Zellweger is the second best bet on this board behind Joaquin Phoenix to win, and I, I think she's winning. I've not seen Judy, nor will I ever see Judy. I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, if, if the odds are that good, and you know, they, they love they love Renee. Uh, you know, I, I I think that's a safe bet. She is she. Well, it's a sad story. It's a Hollywood story. The Academy loves those kinds of things, and she and she sings a lot in it, and she does Julie Garland impeccably. Yeah, I, I have seen some of the clips of her singing, and that she did do really. She so. she's one of those actresses that even though she has some fluff roles that people kind of write off, and that would never be in these kind of conversations. I think she's an actor who transforms. You forget that she's Renee Zellweger, and you believe that she is who she's performing as the character that she's bringing to life. I agree. And I think in Judy, she did that, you know, peak performance. Um, but that being said, I'm going to go with Saoirse Ronan in this one because she carried Little Women, I think. All right. Gosh, I would fully and totally agree with uh, Elizabeth on that. You're going with Saoirse Ronan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, it's fun to say her name. It is. Yeah. It is. Sure. I, I had that for lunch. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> 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 we'll bleep that part out. Bye, <laughs> um, Okay, so um, let's go to supporting actor, and we're going to have Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He is at one to eight. He's your odds on favorite. 
Joe Pesci from The Irishman, 12 to 1. Tom Hanks from Won't You Be My Neighbor. He is at 30 to 1. Question on that. How is he a supporting actor when he's playing Fred Rogers? Well, the in a movie, movie about Fred Rogers. But it's not really totally about It's him. about the biographer? There's, well, there's, yeah, there's some the other reporter. relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, I think that's kind of a sneaky way to get him on the Also, list. can I can I have a follow-up question to the Brad Pitt? Do we get, is it like the field where we get the dog, too? Yeah, you, you can get, get the dog, Bra- too. Brad Pitt and, and the, the dog. dog. Yeah, yeah, okay. you can get the dog. All right, all right. You can get the dog. I love that dog. Um, the Irishman, Al Pacino, thirty-three to one, and Sir Anthony Hopkins, fifty to one for two popes. Um, this is when Brad gets his acting award. He he does have an Oscar for um, for Twelve Years of Slavery yeah. as a producer. Yeah, yeah, producer. But this, I mean, and, and, and you know what? I give the guy one. He's he's of our generation. He's one of the better actors and one of the more enjoyable actors, even if it's not a serious role. Give give the guy some yeah, hardware. I, I I think he probably gets it. Yeah. I'm not going to bet it, though. I'm going to let you guys go. What do you got? I think uh, I'm going to take Brad Pitt as well. Okay. You got Brad Pitt as well. Because I don't know these movies and haven't seen these performances, I'm going to go with Al Pacino just because he's my favorite in general. I am going to go with Jill on this one. I don't think Al Pacino will win. I think Brad Pitt will win. But this is the first time we've seen Al Pacino not as a caricature in a long, long time. He is so good in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I watched that movie and was like, well, he's getting nominated for Supporting Actor. He's awesome. And so I'm going with Pacino. You mean an, an Irishman. Uh, I'm an Irishman, sorry. Yeah, yeah Irishman, sorry. Yeah. yeah, in the Irishman. I'm like, he's getting the nomination. And, uh, you know, sure enough, he did. And maybe this will be one of those years where it's the, the, weird you know, it's the, total, it's the total collective. You know, so so here's the question. Is Tom Hanks still going to prepare a speech? Uh, yeah, of course. Because he's Tom Hanks. He's he, Tom he, Hanks. You never know when he's going to sneak in for something. Man, I hope so. I love that guy. I know. Yeah. Who doesn't? I don't think he even has to prepare. I think he, he can shoot from the hip. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I think yeah. he's totally yeah. right. Yeah. Well, he's done it before. Once right. or twice. <laughs> he's too humble to prepare in advance. He will, <laughs> he will totally shoot from the hip if he wins. Supporting actress, Laura Dern from Marriage Story. She is at one to six. Margot Robbie from Bombshell, 10 to 1. Florence Pugh, Little Women, 16 to 1. Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit, 33 to 1. And Kathy Bates from Richard Jewell at 50 to 1. I think there's a case to be made for Margot Robbie here. And I never saw a Bombshell. But I think, I mean, we are still very much into the the movement. Mm -hmm. Um, And this movie, not only, um, you know, is based around the whole Me Too movement, but it's also based around things that were happening at a very polarizing uh, media outlet. So I think that there could be a lot of votes go that way just based on those two things alone. Okay, so that's your bet? That's my bet. Okay, I like that bet. What's your bet? What do you have? (laughs) So I'm between um, the one who played Amy in Little Women. Florence Pugh. And Kathy Bates in uh, Richard Fellows. Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell. Not Brian Fellows, Safari Planet. <laughs> no, I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> okay, so I'm Brian Fellows. I'm Brian Fellows. <laughs> so my vote for supporting actress, I'm torn between Amy in Little Women and Kathy Bates. And I think the reason I say Amy is because I've always hated the Amy character in the book Little Women and adaptations of Little Women. And I thought she played it in a way that you loved her. You don't hate. You oh don't my hate gosh, her. Yeah. She's still pretty annoying, pretty spoiled, but you can kind of see the depths to the character more so than in some other um, takes on on that story. Mm-hmm. However, my vote is going to Kathy Bates here because she 
was amazing in, in that movie. I really loved her in that. She was a high point for me in that movie. Which movie? Richard Jewell. Richard uh, Brian Fellows. Lena Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> well, again, having limited viewing, um, I am going to have... I am going with Laura Dern. And yet, having said that, I'm not a huge Laura Dern fan. I don't understand, nor do I get, the Hollywood, like, you know, fanfare around Laura Dern. I've never bought into any role she's ever played and yet she continues to be in all of these films and people love to talk about her i actually think maybe it's just i want to be her friend because people love her so much that like what is it because i'm not seeing it on these pictures no i i totally agree I believe with you believe that hollywood so, loves her so the view the listeners could not see me nodding my head <laughs> yeah. vigorously as yeah. jill was talking but i i agree 100 percent. i'm not a laura Dern fan and to be honest with you I didn't think she was great in Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just kind of thought that was... I, I mean, she was fine, but it wasn't this transformative role. She didn't bring anything additional to what we've it's seen like Hollywood lawyers really play before. She brownies to every like, movie set that she's on, and right. people love her for so, that. Like, uh, that's the only I, way I can figure. Cause I'd I'm, also really I'm like to know that. what her skincare routine is. Yeah. What, what's she doing? <laughs> she looks the same as she Where can I get has, that? Right. <laughs> I will agree with that for sure. So, well, how was she, what, what did she, because wasn't she a little woman too? She was. Yeah, mm-hmm. so why? She was Marmy. So, was it just not as good of a role, or did she not? I mean, because you got a lot of nominations, she, a lot of nods for that movie, and she's, she's not one of them. But yeah, but she's a background player in that. She movie. doesn't do much. There, I think there's one scene in that movie where she's, you know, really good. But otherwise, it's you could drop a dozen uh, actors in there and, and to do the same. But thing. I, I like her better as Marmy than as um, yeah, so uh, the lawyer in Marriage Story. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So for me, me, I come down with you on whatever reason. Mm-hmm. She seems like the the front-running horse in this, but I loved Florence Pugh, and I loved Kathy Bates, and I want to talk about Kathy Bates for just a second, because she's brilliant in Richard Jewell, and I I don't even know how Kathy Bates has been the same age for like 25 years, (laughs) but she's been the same age since Misery, and yet she keeps cranking out these performances. She's, She's one of those people that you can just almost mark down for a nomination every year, and uh, I loved her in that role. But I think the the odds are too long on that, and I'm kind of surprised. I thought she had a great shot at winning it. I'm going to go with Florence Pugh. I loved her in that role. She, to me, was the highlight of Little Women. I don't think she's going to win, but if you've got a poorly paying favorite, give me a long shot with some odds that I like, and that's what I'm going to take. Respect. All right, so that's so that's gotten us through what we do, what we bet on, what we do, what what we've done in the past. Now I've got a bonus category. I went ahead and threw in the best documentary feature so that we can bet on movies that that most of us haven't seen. Now Elizabeth and I have seen one of them, but just for fun, best documentary feature. So American Factory is your favorite at five to twenty-seven. I don't know. I've never seen those odds in my gambling life. I've never seen five to twenty-seven, but that's what we have. Uh, for Sama at twenty-three to four in my gambling life, I've never seen twenty-three to four. Um, Honeyland at fourteen to one, The Cave at thirty to one, and The Edge of Democracy at forty to one. So, just for fun and as a bonus bet. So we've seen American Factory, and I thought that was – it was a really interesting story to tell and well done. 
I think it could have been a 15-minute segment on Dateline as opposed to a two-hour, almost two-hour documentary feature. Um, and I feel real bad about being a lazy American after watching that movie. Holy cow. Like, these, this, these guys, like, these, so it's a story about a, a plant in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Shout out Nate's family. Oh, hey, which that was, plant was it? Uh, Fuyao. Okay. It was the one who they came in and bought it. It was a GM plant. Fuyao bought it, making glass, auto glass. And uh, so these Chinese people come in. They rehire a bunch of workers. But then at one point they're talking and, oh, the Americans are lazy. And he's talking to his American counterpart. And he says something. He's like, well, you're not bad. It's just your nature. You, you can't say that! <laughs> you just don't know any better. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it was. I liked it. Um, but, you know, I'm not betting on it. The one that I really want to see and that I will prioritize before the award show and that I'm going to vote on tonight is The Cave about the um, pediatrician that practices underground in a war zone trying to take care of her patients. So what was the one after American Factor before Honeyland? For Sama. For Sama? Mm-hmm. That one's about a mom and a child in Aleppo. And then what's Honeyland about? Honeyland is about this uh, family in some remote part of the world where they, um, it's showing their survival and then some relationship with the bees as they're extracting honey and things like that. That's the one I'm voting for because this is going to be my Oscar political speech and be like, guys, we got to protect the bees. The bees are, are key. I'm going with Honeyland. Save the bees. I was just going to get Honeyland based on the odds. Yeah, 14 to 1. <laughs> 14 to 1. Pure, pure, pure mathematical decision on that one. Oh. All right. Man, bees. I'm going to dream about that tonight. For that reason, I'm out. Are you taking the bees? Hey, wait, is this Shark Tank? No, no. no I was saying, for that reason, I'm out. No, you can't get out. <laughs> I've never watched no, Shark Tank. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> the, uh, the bees, the, the, that's, you know, side note, that's just one of my biggest fears of life. Is, bees? Yeah, yeah. Among all the other, all the other terrors of the world, of the world, yeah, yeah. So I'm not taking that. I don't know. I don't. I, I really don't know how to weigh in on the others. I, I would say pick something that the the other let's three do, of us. Have. Let's go with the odds. You go with American Factory. Mm-hmm. All right, you're gonna take uh, yep. Yep. yeah, five dollars back right. on your twenty seven wager. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, snubs. All right, let's talk about snubs. I love that. That's my next spot that we're going. So what snubs mm. do you have? I mean, I I just. You know, pulled up a list, and you know, um, I, I was actually kind of giddy to see the first snub on this list that I pulled up is Jennifer Lopez. And let me just say, I I actually love Jennifer Lopez. I I want to be her when I grow up. I think she's <laughs> lovely and beautiful. There's no you know expector there, but um, I'm I'm actually really kind of pleased that. The um, stereotypical, traditional, like, I'm going to show you, like, all parts of my body doesn't get me a, you know, a nod. And I applaud that. So, all right. Because um, it's won many an Oscar for people in the past. For sure. And yet I will applaud her amazing, amazing body. But I'm glad it's not being celebrated as some kind of, you know, acting performance. Sure. Because I think that's sadly, you know, historically what has been you know, celebrated. Well, here's the movie you're talking about is Hustlers. Yeah. Which I thought Jennifer Lopez was, was good in and her body is slamming and Mm -hmm. she's 50 in her fifties. How 
Does she even do that? Share yeah. your yeah. secrets, Jennifer mm-hmm. Lopez, if yeah. you're listening. Yeah, I'll buy her skincare. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the I agree with you that there's a snub in that movie. But I thought it was the um, the role of the young Asian woman. Is it uh, Constance Wu? Is that her name? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I thought she was amazing in that movie. Jennifer Lopez was awesome, but she was fully J-Lo in the movie mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Constance Wu, uh, I thought, really elevated next-level performance, and I thought she should have been nominated as supporting actress. Yeah, I'm surprised that there weren't more, you know, nods to the role, the the, the film itself. Hmm. But I'm pleased with it not being J-Lo. Again, that's a movie... About women doing their thing, made by women, they got snubbed. Just another data point on that Boom. on that train. Okay. All right. So, what other snubs do you have? Because I know you've got a couple that you wanted well, to talk sure, about. We mentioned the director of Little Women. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I don't have any other women. No, that's it. Okay. Okay. About. So I've got a couple. Um, I felt like I felt like Richard Jewell was a really really good film and. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with Clint Eastwood not being nominated because there was some controversy surrounding the portrayal of Olivia Wilde's character in that and some liberties taken with that. And I think that's fair, and you're not going to get an Oscar nom for that. But Sam Rockwell's performance in that was very deserving of a supporting actor nod, and I would have put him over probably a couple. He was brilliant in that movie. And also, I thought the uh, individual that played Richard Jewell in that movie was great, and I sort of half expected him to get in there um, on the uh, the best actor side, uh, so that's one for me that I thought was really good. And totally agree with you on that. I'd forgotten about that. That, one. that I thought was a great movie, and I thought those two performances were 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 almost transcendent. Honestly, uh, Sam Rockwell is just a brilliant actor, and he's great in that. Um, you know, another one, uh, and, and I don't know that there's any worthy spot for this movie in turn any more than what it's gotten because Jonathan Price and. Anthony Hopkins both got Oscar noms, but The Two Popes is a really, really good movie. Um, if you want to watch a well-directed movie directing two actors working their craft to the best of their ability, those two men are brilliant in that movie, and that movie is a joy to watch. Like I, I thought that movie was fantastic, and there might not be any room for it on on the table, but um, you know, in a world where we can put up to ten movies in the Best Picture uh, nominee category. I think you might have been able to find a spot for that. Um, I guess mine, probably the first one, is one I've already mentioned, and even though I didn't see the whole movie, of all the people that were nominated for The Irishman, Ray Romano was my favorite uh, you know, character. You can movie. make a case for Ray Romano as supporting actor. In any other year, if he wasn't in a film with Pesci and Al Pacino, he probably gets a nod. Yeah, and, and, I, and it's one of those where it's like, you know, you gave it to the guys that have been around longer, but I right. think he's much, he's very deserving. And I think he's... I think he's due, and I think he's going to get a dramatic role Oscar in either lead or supporting at some point, because as great as he was on a sitcom, when you see him in dramatic roles, whether on TV dramas or whether in movies, you forget he, it's him. You forget it's him, and he's just great. Yeah. I mean, he His is just rock coming. solid. His day yeah. is definitely coming. And even though I didn't see the movie, I know there was a lot of buzz about Adam Sandler getting shut out on the Uncut Gems. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I, and I can't speak too much of it, because like I said, I didn't see it. But I, if it's as good of a, a performance as everybody says, I, I, there's just something about me 
I would much rather see Adam Sandler or some comedian do a really good dramatic role than see De Niro try to be funny. No, that's 100% right. Because De, De, De Niro funny movies are not that funny. But like we've seen guys like Steve Carell take on dramatic yep. roles and Will Ferrell take on dramatic roles. And they're always good. Yeah. Always. Yeah, so, so I, I agree I, with that. Yeah, so I, I think Sandler might have gotten it. And, and there was room in there somewhere. Uh, probably for him. Probably. And then, and then, you know, and this is just me and just me being me, you know, Ford for, versus Ferrari and Christian Bale, he was just outstanding. Yeah. I mean, you I can mean, you can put him in at any point. Yeah. I mean, it's like pretty much any movie, kind of like what you were saying with Kathy Bates. It's like it, it, most movies he does, you could probably, you know, at least give him a nomination. Yeah. Yeah. A C- couple other ones to ask what you all think about. Um, Farewell, the Aquafina movie. Oh, yeah. I yeah, kind of expected mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. that one nominated or Aquafina. Possibly, I mean, following along the the um, topic of funny actors turning mm-hmm. serious, she certainly right. did that there. And then um, Rocket Man, I thought we might see something might more see than a one. song. Yeah, from yeah but I mean, I think it's mm-hmm. you, you when you do those musical biops one right after another. I think it's very challenging um, because didn't we see that with? Uh, with the Johnny Cash movie and then the Ray Charles movie. Well, we did, but we saw Jamie Foxx win for Ray, and yeah. we saw Renee Zellweger, not Renee, um, but uh, Reese Witherspoon yeah. win for for Cash. So we saw that back to back, where we are real close in proximity, where we had some some winners. Um, and honestly, Joaquin Phoenix should have gotten the Oscar that year. Yeah, right? he, mm-hmm. he probably uh, should have. But I mean, but that's the the you know at least those two were like kind of very kind of different type of performers. Where the Queen Elton John, they were. You know, both English, both kind of in the same era, both kind of that mm-hmm. kind of a, a variation of rock and roll, not hard rock. So it's almost like too, too similar. Well, and I think last year, Rami Malek won. Yeah, you know, yeah. best actor, and well, so it's it's yeah. it's reminiscent and might have been too soon. Too maybe should have held that movie for another year. Right. Or so. Yeah, maybe I so. Think. Yeah. But the biopics do well, and I mean, we're getting ready to see. In my opinion, we're getting ready to see. Uh, Renee Zellweger win for a biopic for Judy True. Garland. So, True. I mean, like, those things right. always play. Right. So, you know, maybe it wasn't up to par. I didn't, I didn't see the movie. We're going to see why Joaquin Phoenix win for a biopic of the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, no. You can call it that. <laughs> I am not going to watch him accept. Um, just for fun, this is not gambling, but these are, I, I do, as a music guy, I always think about the score, the best original score Oscar. So this year, um, we've got the score from Little Women, Joker, Marriage Story, 1917, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker nominated. Um, first of all, and just to let all of our listeners know, I thought The Rise of Skywalker was good. So hate me if you want on that. I haven't seen it because I can never finish The Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Some, somehow, if I ever get around to finishing The Last Jedi, which I started four different times and could just not get I'm through it. I'm interested to see what you guys think about this and then give my thought on the limited information I have on this category. On this, this one? Because you guys have seen all of this, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so, I, I, so, what stands out to you guys? I would tell you that when I walked out of Little Women, one of the things I told Elizabeth was the music in that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Alexander Desplat has become one of the best composers and most bankable composers in Hollywood. And that's the one that I would probably vote for. I love okay. John Williams. He is my favorite. And he obviously the score for Star Wars is fantastic. It's that big score that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Uh, I thought the score from 1917 was really good. It was very reminiscent 
of Dunkirk with a lot of pulsing and a lot of tension behind it. And so for what it was against the backdrop of the movie, I thought it was an excellent score. I, I thought that one was really good. Um, I don't remember that much about Marriage That's Story. That's what I was about to say about Marriage Story is I don't even remember what the music was. So right. it was not memorable to me, and it didn't move the story forward. So I'm... That's interesting. That's a that throwaway to me. Okay. Yes, I agree. And uh, I thought Joker was good. I thought I thought the music in Joker was fantastic too. So really, any of them, say for Marriage Story, I'd be good with. I would probably lean towards Little Women on this one. Okay, because how, what about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I think 1917 or Little Women okay. are, would be my. Because I didn't see 1917. I saw Little Women, and I will say I loved that movie. Like I would watch that movie again and again and again, despite. The fact that it's been done other mm-hmm. times, I saw it as a very uh, a new movie and loved it. But having said all of that, I thought I thought the Joker score was the most um, powerful. I think it was great. I can totally yeah, accept that. Yeah, I, I, I totally good. I totally accept that. Like. I lean towards big orchestral things, and I, there was more of that in Little Women. And again, it was more of a classic um, film in that regard, mm-hmm. like with a big score and a, and a, a good cast and, and just a good Because like, I don't movie. know. I don't always listen for the score or mm-hmm. appreciate the score or take note of the score. It's almost like it, it has to take note. It has to, like, grab me. Mm-hmm. And I remember what halfway through going the music in this is just amazing yeah. it was it and, was it was great and so for me to point that out it was yeah know, i i think that's yeah. i i would totally accept that and it kind of depends upon where you fall i think that complimented the movie very well so i don't know well, and, but, 1917, and I, I said this when um because it reminded me of dunkirk and because i've kind of shied away from from scores that are not overly orchestral and that are a little bit more stripped down or maybe even synth-driven. And not that 1917 was that. But this is one that doesn't have that big thematic element throughout. Like, there's music. And, I mean, the sequence where he's running parallel to the trenches and the guys are all coming out, that's a big one. And the music in that is fantastic. But throughout it, there's just this cadence and there's this tension that the score builds. It's a really good one. Question. Do you still call it a score when it's a movie called Hustler? <laughs> that was definitely a score. I mean, I'm, I'm going to guess that I would enjoy that music because, yeah. you know, for those of you who know me, I, I'm probably going to, you know, dance along to that music. But <laughs> I just had a funny thought there. Were there, were there any <laughs> movies that you guys saw this year that you absolutely hated or that you thought, I was going to like this and I just didn't like it? Besides Marriage Story? Besides Marriage Story, because I've got another one. I've got another one that I really... I'm sure there is, but nothing's like coming to mind. I, and I was trying to think about that earlier. I was like, what was the, the worst movie you saw this year that was a new movie? Well, so I'll, say, I'll tell you that the worst movie that I saw that was highly touted was Marriage Story. But second behind that is My Name is Dolomite. I did not think it was good. I love Eddie Murphy, and I didn't find it funny at all. I just didn't enjoy it. I, I, I thought it was okay. I, I don't think it, um, you know, when we were thinking about snubs, I, like, thought Eddie Murphy, and I was like, no, it wasn't good enough for him to be a snub. I, I thought it was fine entertainment, not anything Oscar-worthy, but for, like, you know, two hours on a Thursday night or whenever I watched it, it was all right. Yeah, I think I expected more, and it was it was just okay to me. I didn't care much yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth, any snubs on your mind? Uh 
Zombievers. <laughs> Snub of all time. Listen, listen, listen. We fans actually and, watched it. Anything you were let down by? Fans and friends of the podcast. <laughs> if you've never seen Zombievers, just do it. What's it called? Zombievers. Like zombie, Zombievers. but beavers. Zombievers. Zombievers. Now, Elizabeth about, has a story. What about Frozen 2? No. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I want to see uh, that, though. I haven't seen it. We watched Zombievers on yeah, one of our first dates. About it, oh, wow. Well, see, that's maybe a question because the thing is, like, talking about movies that came out in 2019, unless it was earlier in the year, I definitely wasn't going to go, if I didn't think it was going to be a good movie, I wasn't going to go spend money at the box office, right. number one. And number two, if it's, unless it's out on Netflix by now, I probably haven't, you know, seen it. Yeah. It's right, it might not three, be available. Number three, if it's past an hour and 45 minutes, he's not going to see it. And number four. Also, if it's subtitled. Also, if it has <laughs> superheroes. For children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Children. Black and white. This goes on and on. Well, at least I know what I like. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my podcast partner. <laughs> Hey, 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 you know what? At, at least I, I know. At least I, 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 I'm... Bombshell? I haven't heard much about that. I haven't seen it. I don't... Uh, did you see it? No, we haven't seen okay. it yet. It's All been right. kind of low Next. on our list, of, yeah. you know, to get there. We've had a lot more that we prior prioritized ahead yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, I want to see it, but I haven't it, it hasn't, yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. Got you know what we saw that we really liked, and I'm surprised it's not on the list, is Knives Out. I thought that might did make a... That? Yes. Yeah, that's I, a really I, good I, movie. And, uh, yeah. I thought there might be... Uh, a place for that movie on this list somewhere. I mean, not to sweep it for sure, but it was it was a great one. Entertaining, well done, really good. And you know, um, uh, Ryan Johnson was nominated for a Golden Globe for that movie, and so he ended up having a pretty good December because that movie hit, and he got a Golden Globe nomination. And then all of the Star Wars fans uh, complained about the new one and really loved the one he directed, um, Last Jedi. So so Ryan Johnson uh, had a nice December. We saw, um, what was that movie we saw earlier in the year, The Ready or Not? The one um, about the uh, the family and the curse that they had, and they had oh, to play yeah, the uh, yeah. hide-and-seek, Ready or Not, Here I Come, or something like it was, that. It was very... Uh, that was probably one that, like, I don't, by no means Oscar-worthy, but we went to go see it at the theater. It was what we thought would have been very predictable, but it was... Not right. Um, it was very kind of um. What was like that clue? What was yeah? Kind of like a clue meets um. What was the Bruce Willis movie with um? Death becomes her. It was kind oh, of like yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah, kind yeah. of like edgy kind of. Um, Who was in that? A bunch of. I don't think there was hardly anyone that was recognizable. There might have been like one. The one person that was recognizable was the the one kid, the guy that was on the OC that TV show a long time ago. <laughs> That's the only one I recognized. But I I thought that was a pretty good movie that got absolutely no attention. It was probably only out for like three weeks. Um, is there anything you guys are looking forward to coming up? Anything that's uh, with a with a release date coming soon, just for fun? The Get Mulan movie. I'm excited about the Mulan. Movie. I'm Mulan jacked movie. for Mulan. Mm. I want to see Mulan. Really? Yeah, it looks what are fantastic. The other ones? What are the other ones? Oh, I don't. There's not a whole lot. That's is it a? It's a total remake or? Yeah, it's a, it's a, a live remake. action remake with real okay. people, not cartoons. Got it. And what's okay. the Guy Ritchie movie okay. that I want to see? The new Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, the movie. new Guy Ritchie. Yeah, with, uh, with, um... Is that the one with... Hugh, the, not Hugh Grant. Grant. Yeah, yeah, Hugh Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, McConaughey. Yeah, 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 that yeah. looks pretty good. Yeah, I like Guy Ritchie. Oh, that looks pretty good. Um, but, you know, this is also this time of year. It's kind of kind of a dead space. Settles in. Yeah, it kind yeah. of settles in. You'll get a few little poppers here and there, and then it'll pick back up once we yeah. get to, like, May. Yep, and yep. And you'll get the summer blockbuster stuff, so... Oh. And All right. I was surprised that Little Women made it in. When when was the release release date on that? 
That's why it's always so hard for me to see all the movies. Yeah. Is because uh, so many of them come out at the end of the year and, you know, it's a busy enough time of year anyway. And then you also, like, have to fit in all these movies to get ready for the Oscars. Well, one of the great things about our relationship with Elizabeth and me is we both love movies and we both have um, the last several years prioritized watching the Oscar movies. Once we hit December, it's like it's on for um, two months watching movies and getting after it. And so it, it's become kind of a rite of winter for us mm-hmm. to do it. That and I love it. That's why you never let's, bought me a Christmas let's present. Make, <laughs> let's make some soup and hang out in the. We might work a puzzle while we're watching I mean, it. You know, no. It, I mean, you got to you, you got to time your puzzles for the non-subtitle <laughs> movies, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be alert. Yeah. So. Anyway, um, and and this one this one was tricky because the Oscars are about a month earlier, three weeks earlier than normal. So is that because it's a leap year? I mean, hey, what is that? Does I don't anybody want to? Does anybody? Anyone want to predict the Doolittle trail? Doolittle. Uh, Doolittle's gonna be- bomb. It's gonna be horrible. <laughs> I mean, everything I'm hearing wait, about Doolittle. Wait, crying wait, out wait. loud. What about Bad Boys for Life? Actually, Bad Boys for Life will actually pretty do pretty well because mm. I've actually um, like heard good things about it. Bad Boys for audience. Life will outgross Doolittle. Okay. Absolutely, but it might it might double. Okay, it, the gentleman, the gentleman. Oh, that's the that, one. That's, that's the guy Richie. Yeah, that's the, the guy Richie one. Yeah, okay, that looks to be good because yep. it's killing people. The rhythm section. Oh yeah, that looked pretty good to me. I don't like Jude Law. Okay, but you probably like her. <laughs> Put it on the list. Oh, Blake Lively is lovely in everything, but she's, you know. Is that who you're oh, talking the Gretzel, about from the, the OC? Gretel and Hansel trailer. Yeah, that Gretel, the Gretel and Hansel, I've seen. I've actually seen the preview for this Ooh. one, and it, it looks really kind of good, creepy, like fairy tale type oh, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then you also have um, Birds of Prey, the, uh, the Harley Quinn the story, Harley Quinn which, story, which yeah. that's going to have to be really good because it's going to get compared to Joker right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Lodge? Not don't know right. anything about the Lodge? For those of you who cannot watch us, which is everybody, Jill is scrolling through her phone on YouTube <laughs> looking at new movie trailers. Oh, so. oh my. Downhill trailer. That is uh, Will Ferrell. And oh. Juliana... No, that's... What's um, her name? From Seinfeld. Is oh, is her? it yeah, Julia Louis-Dreyfus? Uh, I, I, let's I get, some, let's get some potential to it. We're yep. gonna need her skincare secrets too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So to wrap, um, anybody else got anything on the Oscars tonight? Anything else anybody wants to add uh, or talk about? Mm-hmm. No, I think I think we should uh, you know note that the day we're recording this is um, unfortunately kind of a tragic event happened. This is the day that Kobe Bryant died. Yeah, we found out this afternoon that Kobe Bryant had passed away in a helicopter crash, and along uh, with a lot of other people, along with a lot of people, daughter, his daughter, and there were several other people, and. Um, so it's always, uh, you know, we pay attention to celebrities when they pass away and Kobe was only what, 41. Um, but also there were other people in that, that plane crash, that helicopter crash, terribly tragic. And, and, um, you know, the reason to include it, obviously he's being celebrated a lot of things, but he, he, I think most people know he he did win an Oscar. He's an Oscar winner. So on on our Oscar podcast, we should give that shout out and, uh, I'm sure during the show they're going to do something. uh, Yeah, I probably so. Yeah. Well, he'll be in the in, in the memoriam. Yeah, yeah, my favorite yeah. part. Yeah, me too. I, I, we talk about this. I always I thought they were already dead. Every year, <laughs> every year there's somebody. Um, right, right, right. Have to laugh because good God, it's it stopped all of us in our tracks today. Yeah. No, well, sure. particularly because we're all older than he is, and that's a, that's a it's a stunning thing when someone young and at 41 that's young to, you know, passes away. So yeah. um, that's a that's a love uh, to all. Yeah, thoughts to, to everybody impacted by it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. 
And it, and it makes us so thankful to be able to sit here and do this and know that our kids are safe and having fun and we can enjoy these movies and talk about them and hopefully do it again um, real soon. Yep, yep. absolutely. Yeah. That's what we want to do. So. so 2020 Oscars, who's hosting this year? No host. No, no host. host. No host. Great. Free form. Mm-hmm. How's that going to work? It, it, like it did last year. They'll just have somebody come out. And, <laughs> just somebody yeah. just go yeah. rotate it. Mm-hmm. Did, did, we, did we talk about this? I don't know if we talked about this last year. This is a wild tangent, and we're you know an hour eleven, so let's keep going. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite Oscar host? Can we get a list? Yeah, um, uh, you know, there's so many award shows back to back. I always enjoyed Billy yes. Crystal. That's the answer. Billy Crystal's the answer. He's Billy the Crystal. best. Nobody, nobody's really done it. It, it it's, it's got to be so hard to do. I mean, who, who was it like a few years ago when like Kevin Hart was about to host, and then and they found trouble old and tweet, and like boom, he's out. It's, and it, Letterman did it, and it bombed. Remember bombed, that? And yeah. like, I think, I think Billy Crystal's number one. And then 1A is Steve Martin, and 1B is uh, Alec Baldwin. Because Baldwin was in on one of them with Steve yeah. Martin or somebody, right? Like, I, those three guys I would take any time. And I liked Ellen DeGeneres. Like, she was a little over the top at spots, but I liked Ellen when she was hosting. I would take Ellen again. Well, and, what, and what's kind of hurt that, that role... Is you have over at the Golden Globes, which have always been the more chill event. Everybody's sitting around getting drunk and relaxing. And now you have Richie Gervais showing up with his beer. He's got a pint stand up there and just ripping everybody left and right. You can't do that at the Oscars, right? right. And even if you tried to do that at the Oscars, people would just be like, "Oh, you're trying to be like the Golden Globes now," which the Oscar or the Academy will have nothing, none of that. Yeah, because they're the Academy. Well, and and the Hollywood Foreign Film Press Association or whatever is only like. 200 people like it's some weird strange club that doesn't even make sense but the academy is a bigger more sophisticated thing yeah yeah it's a huge it's it really represents the industry on a on a more fair basis as fair as it can be yeah so i i think that they they know that you know there's a a tighter formality to their production and i think they even if it's not as um entertaining they don't care Right. People are still going to watch it. It's still the number one rated right. television program right. of the year every right. year. Not well, sports. Why pay Non-sports. anybody to do that show because it's people are showing up regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you are to like point somebody out, it's Ryan Seacrist. He oh, for sure. He can, he can host he does, anything. He does everything else. Might <laughs> I mean, as well. He, you know. They could do like a New Year's Eve Oscar like split like at the same time we almost expect him to see him it's like where's Waldo yeah, yeah. it's like he could totally do it after a stroke like that other fella yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that other fella Dick Clark yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be awesome if there was like a no name <laughs> no name person that like kind of comes in I just keep waiting for Ryan Seacrest to, to change his name to Dick Clark Jr. right yeah. well <laughs> listen to my point <laughs> listen Academy you don't have a host yeah Jimmy's here, unavailable. Or available. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Hosted by the, the it's like, why is still a good podcast? Is there, is there not a way to pick somebody like via, you know, in the meantime, Snapchat? until our friend Jimmy Jam is hosting the Oscars. <laughs> follow is that movie still good on Twitter for the live Oscar feed? Yes. On the night of the yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tweet it out. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, I just made that up. I'm no, I'm, I'm totally speaking, doing it. I'm speaking it into existence. 
No, we're doing it. Excellent. Um, what was done. it? What was it? It's, it's been, been written. written. It's, it's been written. So let it be written. Let it be done. It's been written. Yeah. Yeah. No. So anyway, thanks again. Uh, follow us. We're going to live tweet it during the Oscars. Thanks again for listening. This was our most popular podcast last year, so we're glad to do it again. We hope everybody enjoys this. Enjoy the Oscars. We love the movies. That's what we do. We're going to be chilling out, watching it with friends. I'm not going to have on a tuxedo, but I might have on a velvet jacket. And uh, Nate and I are going to come back with another movie very soon. Something you're going to like. We got a football theme movie coming up. So right in time for the Super Bowl. Just in time for the Super Bowl. Um, we might we, and we might we have, have a guest. We might have a special guest on that one. So uh, something fun to, to look out for. So <laughs> is that movie still good? A very opinionated special guest. <laughs> there. So to be fair, there will be a lot of edits in that one, but it's going to be a lot of fun to record. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We've had a great time tonight. We hope you guys enjoy this. We hope you guys enjoy the Oscars. Uh, Keep watching the movies and keep listening to us on Is That Movie Still Good?